Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. BJ Jones, creator and host of BJ Speak, one of several shows on Everyday Folks Network, a podcast network. Today is August 11, 2020. I hope all is well with you and your loved ones, and we appreciate you tuning in to this live show. I have a very special guest with us today. If at any time you want to talk to me or this very special guest who you're about to meet, the call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that call-in number is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and you prefer to inbox me with your questions, comments, or requests, you may email me at, at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I'd like to say thank you for all 8,000 listens worldwide since the inception of our show, of Everyday Folks. So thank you for your continued support. On behalf of all of our EF family, S, Journey, Keeping Up With K-Pop, we're just very elated for all the love that we're getting worldwide. So we do appreciate that. And we're going to continue to bring you more, so stay tuned. And anytime you'd like to see what's going on with any of our shows, you can visit our website at everydayfolksradio.com. Again, that's everydayfolksradio.com. This show is sponsored in part by Jonathan Stalter. Have you been in a situation that your insurance won't cover? Have you had coverage for what you thought you did? Now more than ever, everyone needs quality health insurance. Make sure you have a plan that covers every situation. My friend Jonathan Stalter can make that happen. Call him for a free quote today and secure the right plan. The number is 815-822-3557. Again, that number is 815-822-3557. The name is Jonathan Stalter. And also, let him know that you've heard about the show here on this podcast. He's one of our proud sponsors. Thank you for your support, Jonathan. And today, I'd like to introduce my dear friend and colleague. Nadeem Tabs is a native Miami artist known for his contemporary pop art. I also must add, this is a reunion show, because he's been here before, so I'm so glad he's here today. He's one of my favorite people. His career as an artist spans over 10 years, and he has been featured in Art Theme, Digital Magazine, and the Artist Spotlight. He has contributed his paintings to the King Mango Strut and the South Florida Writers Association Conference. His work was shown in the Independent Art Gallery during Art Basel in 2010. Additionally, Nadine has created artwork for VH1 hip-hop star and singer Amara La Negra, as well as other prominent figures in the entertainment industry and writers. And you can reach him, of course. We placed the bio to reach him on Instagram inside the link of this show. It's also available on the website and as well as his website, which is www.artbynst.com. You can find that in the bio, too. It is with my love and pleasure to welcome you to the show again. Brother Nadine Tapsh. How are you today, sir? Very well. Thank you, Billy. Thank you for having me. Always love being on the show. Well, you're one of my favorite people. You know, we're my brother from another mother, brother. And he is killing it right now. Let me tell you something, folks. Let's talk about this this art thing you're doing because I am a recipient of your wonderful art. We're very grateful. You know, the house is our walls. My office at home, my my main office as well, has this artwork. My students, my colleagues come in and like, wait a minute, where did you get that piece? And then he starts touching it. I don't like him touching myself, right? <laughs> and so, anyhow, I'm always telling him about your work. So, what have you been up to lately? Um, I've actually been mad busy creating artwork for the past several months. Oh, really? I, yes, yes. I know that we've been, uh, everything with, you know, the whole quarantine and stay at home, but that has kept me 
very, very busy. I've had uh, a lot of custom orders for paintings and a lot of artwork that I've just already had up on my website and things like that. So I've been very busy creating and always trying to create and put out new artwork and uh, working on some custom pieces. So always trying to uh, put out there something new and something that people will enjoy. So it has not been a dull moment for me. Well, as you know, for the past few months, I've been nonstop. Who you tell it? And let me tell you folks, <laughs> I have to share. I uh, Not only do I have artwork on the wall, I actually have a table inside my bedroom that has a Monopoly, um, the Monopoly guy on top of it. And he originally was going to sell this artwork. I, I remember this. And then I saw it, and he said, you know what? He gifted it to me. I was so grateful. And I am not giving it to anyone. Anyone who's ever come to this house, I'm like, where did you get that table? And, of course, they start touching. They want to look at it. I said, you can look at it, but it's not leaving this room. And so I want to say congrats on all that you've oh, done. Thank you. And I do, I have to share, though, I was with you today that you actually were able to connect with Amara Negra. Yeah. We were at a restaurant, a French restaurant here in Miami, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we were uh, we were sitting down at a, a restaurant, and we were, I think it was a Sunday, we were having like yeah. a light brunch, and um, a friend of ours, Fabio, said, hey, isn't that Amara Negra passing by? And uh, we looked, and, and sure enough was. So me being me, not, not letting a moment go to waste, I got up with half French bread in my mouth. I ran outside, and uh, I introduced myself, and she was gracious enough. She, you know, took a picture of me because I'm a fan of her work. And then afterwards, sometime afterwards, I, um, I sent her uh, one of my original pieces, which was a cartoon figure of her, and she has it now as part of her collection. It, and, folks, I remember this day because my back was to the wall, and in a, in a moment's haste, Nadine was outside taking a photo, and she actually, he actually posted it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this was like a year ago. Yeah. And this was pre-pandemic, by the way. We weren't yeah. at a restaurant recently. Yeah. This was well, it was like six, seven, eight months Thank ago. Thank you for mentioning that. But, but, but I have to tell you, that artwork, and she, you know, you did tag her in, and I'm yeah. sure she's appreciative yeah. of it. It is the reminder that, as an artist, you have to seize opportunities whenever you can. Yeah. Absolutely. And so not only from celebrities, you have folks around the nation who are um, and I see it. When we're, we're, when we're together, I'm seeing you get notices that people, someone has bought your work Correct. or has an inquiry about your artwork. Yes. And so what are some of the more recent things that you've been working on in terms of art? So you've done, I know that there's one thing you've done. I'll, give you, I'll be more particular. That beautiful canvas you made, that you know I love horror, and there was an awesome canvas oh. that you had. And I saw this, and every time he makes something, first of all, he taunts it in my face, knowing I shouldn't have it. I need to be buying this <laughs> stuff, okay? But you're doing all these creative things and caricatures. Can you talk a little bit about some of the projects you're working on more recently? If sure. You could, if you can. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I have a, a client, customer, uh, who pretty much is across the, the country. And um, he's requested a, quite a few custom pieces. And recently I'm finishing up some family crests of his family crest oh, that's for awesome. him. Um, I had a few... Superhero requests, so you know, big Captain America, big Spider-Man, and then there's the other pieces that are not custom that I just enjoy, and I've always been, you know, this. I'm always a, a fan of the spooky, right? I always love yeah. the horror. So, and then when I create, I think to myself, I don't like the mundane. I don't like the same. I like things to be different. I want things to pop, and I want things to speak. So I decided some time ago to create a a canvas, rather rather large hmm. canvas, with uh, some prominent horror figures on there, and it's really just like a big banner because it takes up almost half a wall. Um, so those I've been working on a lot of those pieces, and of course, um, keeping busy. A lot of the larger pieces always keep me busy, and and always uh, always generate a lot of interest from people. Well, you were growing up, Medina. Describe your childhood. Were you always into art? As a child, when did you first have that discovery and realize for you that was, you know, this is something you may want to pursue or consider? Right. So back in the 80s, I'm a child of the 80s, my mother was into ceramics. Mm. Uh, So she would paint ceramics a lot. And, uh, you know, she had, I don't even think they're ceramic chops anymore as much as there used to be. But she would buy ceramics, take them home, paint them. At one point, we had a kiln in my house, a very small one, because I grew up very poor. So very small one, but I always had an interest in an early age uh, to paint and to create something of caricatures, cartoons, mm-hmm. and in uh, school, as young as fifth grade, I always enjoyed art class the most. Going into high school, 
I would try to take it. I took art, I believe, every year I was in high That's school. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, really just because, and it wasn't just, oh, I want to focus on this. It was just, you know, I would recycle clay and I would uh, do pottery and I would do all sorts of different aspects of art because I just enjoyed the, the act of creating something. Mm. It's interesting that you said that because as an artist, people think, oh, I just started drawing. I love to draw. And right. it, it actually manifests. You have to expose right. yourself and understand the conventions of art. Yeah. Because there's so many facets to it, right? There really is. And folks, well, you may be, you know this already because this is not Nadine's first time to the show, but he's also an author of Pushing Down Daisy. And we had a talk about that about two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation about that work. So you have this ability to have this inclination in, in a number of art fields and areas, which is very typical of artists. We're not, yeah. We just don't have an inclination in one area. We have several inclinations that lead toward other different artistries or industries. Right. And so now, a lot of what you're doing, though, I know, is with painting and, yeah. and drawing. And also, what is the thing that you do when you do the um, the wood, the burning? The, oh, the yeah, I do uh, uh, wood burning, wood etching. Yeah. Those pieces never stay in inventory. They, they take longer to create, yeah. but they're... I mean, I can't keep them in stock, it, but it, it, it does take longer to create. When I'm when I'm not filling orders of custom pieces, mm-hmm. I, I try to, to do those, mm-hmm. and I mean, they, I, again, I should probably do more of them because they fly off the shelves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll tell you, I have one in my yeah. office. Remember, mm-hmm. you made one of my fraternal, fraternal yeah, the fraternity. and every time one of the muse come in my office, they say, Dr. Jones, would you get that picture? Of course, they start touching it, and they said, I said, to look at it. I think if you want more, go to this website. And so, and they know you, some of them know you. Right. And so it's just amazing how you have all of this, these interests. And do you ever get bored with one type of art that you do, or you're always reinventing or finding fascination with it? So when I, years ago, I would say about 10 years ago, when I first started uh, creating paintings to sell, I was still kind of finding myself as an artist mm-hmm. and I was still, I was doing abstract, but I felt that I could do, and I love abstract paintings, I just felt that I could do more, more of my own personal touch, my own spin. Right. I wanted my artwork to be more outrageous, if you will, okay, more either um, sarcastic, yeah. with some messaging mm-hmm. that I could write on there, or just things that would really pop. So as an artist, I started, I don't even do abstract paintings anymore. If you mm-hmm. find one of my abstract paintings, it's actually pretty rare. Because um, I don't make them anymore. Mm-hmm. I only do pop art work, and, and they're from years ago. So I think as an artist, it's always important to evolve what you are doing. And I think that's a great time to remind folks that we're here on this live podcast that you can call us if you have any <laughs> questions for me or Nadim at 347-539-5372. That call in again is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy, but you prefer to inbox me, that email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That is everydayfolks, with an S, listen, at gmail.com. So we had a few questions come in a a little earlier, Nadine. And folks, what you may not know is that this is not only a reunion show about Nadine and his incredible artwork, so we want those questions. We're also going to be segued into a conversation about uh, the paranormal because one of the, the biggest and, and most intri- intriguing shows for everyday folks during October is Paranormal Hour, which you and I have co-hosted. Right. And so we decided, you know what, maybe we'll just launch it out a little earlier and see what we can do with it. So today, after we have this conversation about Nadine's amazing work, we're going to segue into that conversation as well. So stay tuned and stay with us for the hour. For Georgina from Miami, thank you for listening, Georgina. She asked this following question, Nadine. And I asked it earlier, but you can ask it again. When did you first realize that you enjoyed making art? So at an early age, I understood that I enjoyed art. But the fact that uh, the question of when did I actually realize that I enjoyed making it was not even in the beginning of my abstract work. Because at that point, I was just doing work to... Um, kind of almost therapeutic, right? So I would say when I realized to myself that, you know, um, throw caution to the wind. I'm going to do work, and I don't give a damn who likes mm-hmm. it or who doesn't. If you like it, you'll get it, and if you don't, you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And the moment I started doing that, things started <laughs> – it's almost like the moment I stopped caring what other people thought of it is the moment it started selling significantly more. And when – as for an artist – when you sell a piece, that alone motivates you to want to do more. 
That's a very good point. In fact, you just reminded me of something I think every artist or writer goes through, that obstacle of getting over the fear of being yes. judged correct, or, or criticized for your contribution. And what was that like for you? Like, did, like how did you overcome it? Or is it just something that you, you just snapped out of it? Um, so I, w- I want to say that it actually took quite a bit of uh, criticism right. for me to snap out of it. Almost like you receive so much criticism to a point where you're like, okay, well, now I don't care. Right. Well, now I don't give a damn. Uh, especially with my abstract work, which uh, was at an independent gallery for some time, I would be there and have some people go and say, oh, your artwork reminds me of this person. And that, to me, as an artist, irritated me. Because as an artist, you're, you're doing independent work. You don't want to be compared to somebody else. Sure. Right? And same, sure. same as an author, right? right? right. As an author, you don't want to sell yourself as, oh, I write similar to the style of No, you write to your own style. Right? So it took enough criticism that I'm like, you know what? I don't really care if people, there's going to be people that don't like my work, right. but there's going to be people that absolutely right. love my work. And I take the criticism in stride, especially my early work that was abstract work. I took that in, you know, stride and learned from it and grew from it. But that's when I kind of realized, you know, if you like it, you'll like it. And if you don't like it, you'll keep walking. And, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of folks, I was taught as a young child. If I don't have anything nice to say, keep your mouth shut, right? <laughs> and I think for artists, especially for folks, and this is especially for those of you listening, keep in mind when it comes to art that it is a form of expression. It is, it is strongly subjective. It is. And it gives us that, that canvas, if not um, poetic license, to be free and to be and express who we are. So therefore, in that regard, let's just celebrate that. So right. if there's a piece that you may not be aesthetically attracted to, it doesn't mean right. you hate the work, it just means that more so that you just not it's not that piece is not what you're into. But it doesn't you can't label the whole person. I appreciate right. you're making me think of that now. Because I think sometimes people get over um zealous with their commentary <laughs> when it comes to um, you know, artists and what they do. And what you're doing, you created an incredible brand for yourself. You. I, I mean, I'm so proud of you. And it's and here's something else, folks, that you don't know. He's also a, 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 a professor, too. And as a professor, do you bring art or at least mention it in the context of your teaching of your subject? Of myself? No. Yeah. So I have a lot of students that are in college course, right. and they don't know that I'm an artist until right. maybe the course is over. Because, you know, I, there is a, a way to uh, self-promote. But there's also that time and that place. And in the construct of those courses, I want to give them the full attention for what they want. And then, of course, and I kind of like the fact that at the end, they're like, whoa, wait a second, you're an artist? And then, of course, they look up my website, my Instagram, and they're like, whoa, this is a whole other person from what we thought we had in the classroom with us. And I kind of enjoy that, almost that element of surprise. I think it's awesome that you do that because it makes you more human, you know, with your students. And we have another question for you, Nadine. This is from Carlos from Fort Lauderdale. Thanks for representing in South Florida, Carlos. He asked the following more. It's a statement, but it's a question nonetheless. Describe your worst creation. That is an art piece that you weren't proud of. So to be honest, there are many times where I'll create a piece that I'm like, I'm not really digging this. So I put it off to the side. However, and I mentioned this to you earlier, um, those art pieces, for some reason, sell. So even though I personally, I created it, and I personally may not, may not be into how I created it, eh, this doesn't, you know, it doesn't read me or what I wanted to express, it reaches out to somebody, and, mm. they'll, still, and they'll still purchase it. That's true. One of my uh, pieces that I will never sell to this mm-hmm. date is called uh, My World is Melting, and that piece Years ago, before I even, when I was still doing abstract, I was trying to paint something on it. I didn't like how it was coming out. So me being me, out of frustration, I threw different color paints onto the canvas and walked away from it. When I came back like a day later, I had this artwork, this abstract artwork, small, like a 9 by 12. And I really liked how it came out just by throwing the paint on the canvas. And so to this day, I've kept it. There's posters of it, but nobody will ever get the original because I refuse to sell it because that one kind of motivated me to to do more. So there are many pieces that I create that I'm not into, mm. and even though it's my own artwork, 
Um, but they, even though I may not be into it, that I created it, people enjoy it because those pieces are still bought. I could tell you right now in my inventory, there is no piece that I'm not happy about. Right. Uh, all the ones that I've not been happy about, somebody else has it. And around the world or around the country, they purchased it. Mm. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Congrats with that. Thank you. You know, we have an unknown question coming in. So unknown, sorry, we didn't, I, I couldn't re- quite read what your information was in your email, but I do like your question. And the question is, what type of customers do you usually get? So the the variety is actually uh, pretty large in in terms of customers, um, uh, in terms of the type of customers. Right, right. Um, I would not. It wouldn't be fair to say there's a particular type of customer because the customers that are looking for custom pieces are looking for something very specific and particular with my own twist to it. Uh, and there is no specific general demographic as to say. It's not like younger people are right. buying my artwork more than people in older generations. It is just kind of uh, vast. Now, I will tell you that I do have a social media presence. Mm-hmm. So those people who are more in tune to social media are more likely to find my artwork. That's a good point. And so mm-hmm. it, would, it would definitely be that. But there are people of all age ranges, um, no specific type of demographic, but there are people that, um, that gravitate towards my work. I would say that it's more of the mindset, the type of person that likes things to pop or to be original. Those are my my clients. Those are my customers, mm. right? So you'll never see me, you'll never catch me painting a picture of a palm tree, right? You right. know, or anything right. like right. that, because that's just not my it's me not or my brand, brand. right? So I, I would say, as far as clientele, it, it's just a wide range. It's not one specific. And I know, you know what, you know what type of customers I like? The ones that buy. <laughs> and I'm saying this for him because he's very humble. But truly, you got to check out his, his, his stuff, folks. And the link, again, is available inside the description. But I'll say it here. It is www.artbybynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartbynsdartb
Absolutely. Um, so what, regardless of your situation, you want to come home to a nice space, mm-hmm. and you want to have an aesthetic that is appealing, inviting, and that is a reflection of your world. Yeah. And I can't, I can only imagine people now really seeing that, which means they see art, value in art. How many people have you heard, Nadine, of individuals who are now, oh, I'm home now, they're doing things that are more art-inclined than they were not doing before pandemic? Many people. And so, Absolutely. you know, and that's a call to action, folks, for those of you who are listening, to support artists. You know, yeah. I mean, many artists are, there's so many artists in every community. Support your community and, and local artists because they're doing some incredible work. And you know, Nadine, we're so proud of you and all that you're doing. And I want to announce something here that's very special. So Nadine and I have decided to actually partner up on something new because he is a wonderful staple here at the show. And, you know, at some point, hopefully he'll get his own show on Everyday Post. We'll talk about that online. Or he could do his own posting of a show and talk about art all the time. But I wanted to share with you and our audience more so what we're about to do next. And that is to have a conversation about, well, a one particular space called the Winchester House. You know, our topic for today was from art to the paranormal. And you and I, we have a fascination with horror. We like we super, we like superhero and action movies and all yeah. that. And the kid in us has never left us. Right. And so what we're going to be doing here, folks, that you're aware, we're going to be playing this video. And shout out to nine, the nine, number 999 Tour Winchester Mystery House inside America's Famous Haunted House. And this is from the travel vlog of May 2nd, 2019. Shout out to the group who created this. What we're doing is we're watching the video, but our reaction here is not necessarily to the video, but to the understanding of the paranormal. And here's the thing that I want to share. And this is interesting about the, about the, about the Winchester House that many people may or may not know. The Winchester House is a home that is located in California. I've never visited, but I've seen and done virtual tour, and I've been fascinated about anything that's abandoned and creepy. <laughs> Why are people so excited or assume that things are abandoned, abandoned for whatever reason that we don't know? are also haunted. You know, why is that? I mean, there's a, I think that there's definitely a mystery abounds for any place that doesn't have active amount of people going into it. I mean, if you look at malls, yeah, and any mall that is closed down, and you leave that mall, I don't know, for about a year, and you come back, there is a, a creepy element to it. Now, that's just a mall. It's a commercial space. When you think of houses, houses that were built many, many years ago, and they all you know, houses and buildings, they all have their own story to tell. Mm. They all have their own personality, per se. And they definitely have that element of mystery if it's abandoned. And mystery piques interest. It does. It does. And folks, you know, that's a great way to to remind you or or time to remind you. You can call us if you'd like to at 347-539-5372. Again, many of you have already sent in a ton of emails. Um, and I'm seeing one in here in particular. Not nest, no, no, I'm not. I'm still feeling my, my inbox is quiet. But if you'd like to call us, 347-539-5372 is that number. Again, that's 347-539-5372 for the live show. Or you can continue to inbox me at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And we're watching right now on our screen um, a, 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 the Winchester Mystery House Daily Tour. And just a little recap for those who don't know what the Winchester is. The Winchester family is the family, um, the lineage of the family that is well known for creating the gun, the gun by the same namesake. And the family itself had acquired lots of money because of it. And it built its estate. And then the family, the husband of the family, um, he eventually, the story either goes that he either killed himself or he was murdered on the premises. There was a lot of problems constructing the Winchester house. You know, from, from earthquakes to other unexplained phenomena, folks dying, workers on, on premises, a lot of creepy stuff, right? Right. And eventually the husband died, so then Lady Winchester is, 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 is left to live as a widow trying to carry on this unfinished project of this house that has over 100 rooms, so many bedrooms, some rooms, in fact, that when she said it's because there were so many spirits that were haunting the place. She decides to build a house in a way so that it, it has so many twists and turns. So some doors open to nothing, stairs lead to nothing, or even to um, a precipice that you can fall off into. So you have to be careful when you're visiting this space. And you can visit the different levels of the house, or you can visit the actual open grounds. And people do actually have events there. And so the, the Winchester, by the way, is hosting um, live tours. So we're watching this video right now of the Winchester house. 
and 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 we're we're about to skip through just a bit so you can see some of the the strangeness and the bizarreness as you can see here that's happening in that particular space it's very different and so people are always fascinated with these strange or unusual spaces and Nadim, I wanted to ask you have you ever visited an unusual or strange place not necessarily the Winchester house but right here we're both born and raised in Miami are there some spooky stuff here in Miami that you can recall? There, there is a ton of spooky stuff here in Miami. Okay. There really is. I mean, I, as a teenager, I would visit the um, the Everglades. It's a spooky place. There's all, yeah. That's it cool. was spooky for me. So, and I'm not just talking about, like, I'm not talking about alligators or anything like that. And during the day, it's absolutely beautiful. But uh, I remember going at night, and it's a different story, right? So there's definitely some spooky situations going on there. You heard uh, growing up that the Curtis Mansion. Uh, That's right. Was not always too far the Curtis from Mansion. Your not far from me. Uh, that the Curtis Mansion always had something kind of going on there. Though I do know that I think years ago they might have reconstructed it or something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but I've heard different locations in Miami. Uh, I've been to the Curtis Mansion and have not seen anything out of the ordinary. Obviously, it's old school structure and stuff like that. But nothing. Great architecture. Nothing out of the ordinary, but uh, definitely the Everglades, I would say, is one of those places that if you were to go to the Everglades at night, uh, which I'm not recommending, by the way, uh, you would, you may, things are a bit more mysterious and spooky. Mm. And I think it's true. You know, a lot of folks think because Miami is a very attractive city. Yeah. It's a sexy city for attracting all kinds of, of fascinating international, it's an international gateway. But the interesting thing about it is that, yes, just like any other city, we have our urban tales, too. Oh, yes. And the Everglades, you remember when we were children, there was a plane that crashed. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgot which flight it was, but people died, perished oh, in yeah. the Everglades. Yes. And so that also lends itself to the lore of the, mm-hmm. of the period. And, you know, we're watching right now in this video, look at these, these crazy zooms that are going through. I mean, the Winchester house is just a fascinatingly strange, and I've created a word there, fascinatingly. <laughs> uh, but it's a fascinating and strange space. Uh, that people just, I, I don't get, right? And it's easy for us to judge others for what they choose to do in their lives. But in truth, I think it's safe to say that, well, it makes life more interesting, right? More colorful. Absolutely. And Pam from Minnesota has a question for us, Nadine. I've visited the Winchester house. <laughs> I've visited the Winchester house at least twice in my lifetime. Creepy, cool place. What is the scariest places I, I, that either of you have visited? Because I know you mentioned the Curtis house. The Curtis House is cool because of the history, but yeah. it's not creepy. No, right? it's not creepy at all. No. Could you think of a place? And I, you know, I'll start. You know, one of the places that I think was just downright creepy to me is Vizcaya. I don't know why I feel it's creepy. <laughs> because every it's just, right, it's a beautiful uh, historic structure here in Miami. Mm-hmm. People have tons of parties and things like that. But the brothers who built Vizcaya is also the brother, the, the sibling who also, uh, the sibling of the sibling who built the Deering Estate here in Miami. And so there's this whole history behind those two, and they have such a history of historical culture and context to America, to, to yeah. our city. I'll also say another creepy place, which is fascinating to visit, is Coral Castle mm-hmm. down in Homestead. Right, right. You know, and even though it's open to the sky, but then you start reading, it's not a creepy place, but then you start listening to the story, it's kind of creepy why it exists, right? Yeah. And so, and, and of course, there's just so many other options, but what are yeah. some, one place that you visited? Um, well, the cemetery in Key West. That was open to that. It's I assume it still is, but it was open to tourists. And what made this cemetery, let's say, um, fascinating was that because of flooding, several of the tombs had to be built above ground. Oh, wow! So so that water wouldn't come in. To so you're mm. going to the cemetery and you're walking around. And even though Key West is, does have its party element, uh, Key West is actually one of the spooky haunted places in the United States along with Savannah, Georgia, which is also Saint Augustine. beautiful in St. Augustine, Florida. I forgot but about that one. One of the creepiest places I've ever been to is that cemetery in Key West because it was, like all cemeteries, eerily quiet, but more than anything, just to see kind of these tombs above ground just to avoid flooding because of its elevation so close to the water. That is, I didn't even think of that. That's a very good point. You know, Todd from Virginia asked this question, Nadine. What is your breaking point for scared of Meaning the mm-hmm. one thing you will not do even for fun. That's a very good question. The one thing I wouldn't do even for fun. Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't use a Ouija board. Okay. 
brother. This uh, what are you using? I'm, I'm not playing with the board. No, no, no I'm no, not no, playing okay, with the board. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, this yeah. is way before the yeah, movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is like <laughs> childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is back in the movie. Movie doesn't face me. No, no, no. Uh, a Ouija board. I would not mess around with a Ouija board. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. If you look into the history of when it was created and all that stuff, and of course, obviously, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's just you know, things can be written off. Me personally. Um. Yeah, I, I that that would be my line where I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I, I'm gonna add to that. I agree with you on that one. I'm not bungee jumping. No, <laughs> not happening in this lifetime. No skydiving. Yeah. Nope. And I'll tell you this one more, which we're probably gonna do as a review in the future. There is a, a haunted attraction. Well, you act that somewhere in northeast of America. I can't recall where, but I'll, I'll research it. If any of you know, you can inbox me now with it. Um, but it's a place that I've seen the videos on it. You have to actually sign a waiver. And oh. after you sign this waiver, the waiver says that you agree to be dragged, touched, um, placed in cramped spaces, none of the above. <laughs> and so I don't mind having going to a, like a hunt attraction. You and I will go right. watch a scary movie, but I don't want to be in the scary. I don't want to be the center of a scary movie. I don't want to be the butt of the joke. Even if it's fictional, it's just not me. Like, is this what you told me about that's like a two or three day event? Yeah, it's like it's crazy. Well, I, there's another one. I heard about that one. Yeah, there's another one that's like a two or three day event. I'm thinking, okay, I don't know about this. Or there's, a, you know, Camp Crystal Lake, where yeah, the, course, Jason, yeah. the, the, the actual location. Well, there's a, there's a noun that you can sign. I would, I would consider this if it were local, where people are actually signing up to actually stay at the camp. Then you're staying in, in a group, and then there's like some scaredom that goes on overnight. Right. And so that's kind of cool, like, that idea. As long as I'm out in the tent and I'm inside, like, four, like, wood or cemented walls when nothing gets to me. But I don't want anybody to come unzip me and, like, I don't want to see a bear. I don't want anybody running around in the dark messing with me. So I, I thought that was a great question. Now, Fabiana just asked an interesting question for you, and it goes back, Nadine, for you regarding art. Thanks for listening, Fabiana. It says, I'm listening in on the podcast right now with Nadine Tab. Can you ask him what character, movie, show, cartoon inspires him the most in your art? That is a very good question. Oh, Fabiana yeah. Del- Delicio. Yes, Fabiana. I know Fabiana. I've been here for years. <laughs> She's great. Um, so that is a very good question because if you see my artwork, there's a lot of, like, cartoons and, and, and pop that goes with it. Um any cartoon that would I think that if I had to choose one and it's not necessarily so it's not necessarily because it appears in my artwork a lot okay but I would say uh Rick and Morty and the reason why Rick and Morty okay is because if you watch the show Rick and Morty Mm -hmm. they do their thing and they're unapologetic this is what it is like it or not take it or leave it and I kind of take that mentality with me to my artwork, Some and all, and I'm gonna say that I've done quite a few Rick and Morty pieces that I no longer yeah. have any in inventory because they yeah. were sold. But yeah, I would say, I would definitely say Rick and Morty. That's a very good question, Fabiana. Thank oh. you for that because we all have our music inspiration in certain things, and each is very different, you know. And we're inspired by different music, so it's not just one thing all the time. But that's a very good uh, connection there. Listen to this question. It's actually a statement, Adim, and this one goes back to our paranormal combo. Okay. Gary from Georgia, so this one's thick. Here in Georgia, there are some strange hunts and haunts in places. My friends and I decided to go on this hike in the woods one time. It was fall, so the days were definitely shorter and the night grew darker quicker. As we were making our way back to the car, we heard some strange stuff out there. Fortunately, we were packing weaponry, if you know what I mean. But still, we still get chills when we remember that time. I've been camping many times since, but still many people don't like it. What makes people so afraid of the woods? I think that the moment your senses start becoming limited or taken away, your mind uh, goes to a different place. If you're in the woods, it is hard to see. So already your, your sense of sight is less. You can hear things and not know necessarily what direction they're coming from. That is true. So your sense of hearing is, is kind of gone as well. And so, and also the mystery, you may not know the woods as well as you think you do, right? And so uh, I think that once your senses start kind of being limited, now you start, you may go into the, okay, wait a second, what is going on here? A lizard in the trees can very much sound like something or someone rustling through it at night if you can't see 
Now, having said that, I do believe that the woods in particular is a, an area where there is probably quite a bit of paranormal activity. Mm. You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, in the absence of human nature, in the absence of human nature, you get this um, fascination with, well, hold on, let me, let me, let me reward this. The absence of human nature creates a superlative nature of nature. And so when there are no more lights and it's only woods and times and sound, and it's only wood lights and sound and time, it gets very scary. And so everything becomes more acute. And I myself have gone camping and I don't like it, uh, Gary. I don't like it at all. I just don't. I don't want to get bitten by mosquitoes. I don't want to be eaten live by anything. But I think what happens is that because when you're communing with nature and that at that superlative of nature, you see these pictures, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's just odd. fascinating, and it also makes things more acute, and it makes you more aware that you are utterly the minority in nature, mm-hmm. right? And, and Jonathan asked the following question for us from Ohio. Thank you for listening up in Ohio, Jonathan. Um, have you thought of, have we, with BJ, have you thought of expanding the paranormal hour? Yes, we have. In fact, what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is taking this show and making it an even more incredible focus. And I want, I, I want to definitely take this further. So Nadine is going to be my co-host with some next focus topic shows specifically about this topic, folks. So stay tuned. Thank you for that question, Jonathan. And Karina's asking us a question right now. Karina Mariaka. Thank you for hey, listening. Karina. She writes, I find the supernatural and paranormal fascinating. Have either of you had a paranormal or supernatural encounter? And if so, what was it? You want to start? You go ahead and start on that one. (laughs) Okay, so to answer the question, yes, I have. It was when I was a teenager. It was in the Everglades camping, again, the woods, camping with my brother and two other friends. Good. And um, we were camping, let me say that, as a teenager for the first time because the last time before that, I was in, like, the Boy Scouts, right? So it was a year's gap, but at this point, I must have been, like, 18 or 19. We're in the woods. Mm-hmm. We're not having a very good time. You know, we got bit by mosquitoes. Hot. Miserable. Um, so my friend, who thought that he was, you know, uh, Davy Crockett, said, let's go for a walk. So we go for a walk in this trail in the in the Everglades, and I don't want to say the specific trail because I don't want people flocking over there. Um, and as we're walking... I want to reiterate, we're in the middle of literally nowhere. There is no road. Hmm. No, we're just in the middle of nowhere. How old were you at the time? 18 or 19. 18. Um, we see an older gentleman approach us. No, no flashlight, no lantern. Walks past four individuals in the middle of the woods. And, of course, we're kind of like, you know, this isn't Miami. We're literally in the middle of nowhere. And the person just looks over. It's like, you guys need to be careful. There's a lot of strange things in the woods. Keeps walking. So a couple minutes after that, I'm like, all right, we have the car, right? Let's walk back to the car, and let's get the hell out of here. Mm. Uh, Just because I was, you know, a little freaked out. As we turn around, we see the guy pass in the opposite direction. Doesn't say a word to us this time. So we go by the car, and this is nighttime. We start kind of tearing things down to put it into the car to leave. And we hear... Uh, people talking, but we, and I'm not the only ones, right? So if I'm the only one, I say, well, I'm the only one hearing it. Right. So right, it, it was just, right. no, everybody heard this, right? So we hear people talking and then that talking uh, escalates to an argument, but we are, there's nobody around us. I mean, we walked the side. There was nobody around us other than that older gentleman who passed us. We get in the car and we leave. As we're leaving, we again hear more noises as we're driving out. Um, we went in with a lot less gas than what we needed. So we had less than a quarter tank to drive out. And uh, as we were leaving, we turned the car onto one of the side roads, but still not uh-huh. a main road. Uh-huh. We had like eight or nine swamp buggy headlights just automatically turn on and surround the car. We couldn't see anybody. And shortly thereafter, <laughs> shortly thereafter, they're going to, you know, they, they, kind of just drive off right, people right. Swamp buggies, but all of those things were odd and as we're driving out we saw just a few people I think two or three people being walked into the woods or walking each other into the woods it was just a very strange circumstance wow and it freaked me and everybody else who was with me out to this day 
I won't go back to that area. Not unless I'm heavily, you know, like Rambo or something like that. I won't go back to this area. I I love this question. This is a great question. You know, the only one I can just share is the time that I I went to. My colleague had asked me, I I had the SUV at the time, to go to my um, her friend's house to pick up some bags of clothes that she was going to donate to her church and I and I had the space in the vehicle so we went down it was down in Cutler Ridge and here in Miami and so I got to this lady's house and don't know if it was paranormal if it was just some kind of clairvoyant feeling or impression I received the moment I got to her house I parked in front of her gate and I noticed that her gate was slightly dented and I said let me back up a bit a not to be on the sidewalk and b not to be blamed for hitting her fence so we get to her door, and as soon as she opened her door, I got so lightheaded, I, I, I couldn't even stand hardly. I, something was off. I've never felt like that before at that time in my life. We go in the house, and we, you know, we, we're there. The lady offers us a, a seat. We sit in her living room. And then as we're sitting there, she offers us some bottle. If we wanted water, I asked her if she had bottled water. I didn't feel uncomfortable to take a water. So we're sitting there, and my colleague who was with me, her name is Marlene, she said, are you okay? I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong here in this house. Something's off. I feel it. Something's weird. So anyhow, after being there, like another 15 minutes, we're having general conversation. And then the lady says, you know, I'm so glad to see you guys. I got to tell you what happened to me last night. She said, I was in my house. She lives alone, by the way. She said, I was in my house, uh, in the bedroom, and I was in the bathroom, and I was readying for bed, and I heard voices outside my window. And so I turned off the light in the bathroom, I got into the tub and I peered out the window and I saw she lives in a corner, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I saw four little, she said she saw four little young thugs like looking around. Looking, I guess they look like they were trying to ransack her car or her house, whatever. And they were eyeing her direction. So she, she, you know, quickly backed down and then she looked, you know, she waited a few seconds to hear the voices go away. Surely they did. So she peered back out again to her discovery. She was looking into the eyes of one of those thugs. So when he looked at her, she looked at him. He scared her, but she scared him more than he scared her. She quickly began to turn on all the lights in the house, and she yelled, Willie, get the gun. Willie's the name of her deceased husband. And so she said she turned on all the lights to make it like a commotion. He broke out of there, and she said, come here, come here. You see where your car parked? That's the fence he hit. He hit my fence, and it broke. It's into there. How would I have felt all of this? Had I, I, I didn't even right. know where that came from. It right. was a strange thing, and I'm like, I don't ever want to get this gift. I know it's not <laughs> in my family. No one in my family has it. Don't even call me or tell me. If you're listening to the show right now, if you have it, don't want to know what the Joneses can do. But it's one of those moments where I felt like a, it was just a strange encounter that was beyond the normal right. that made me feel something from her experience. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with ghosts, but anything to do with something odd I don't ever want to experience again, you yeah. know? And so we have another question from Tina from Florida here. And we thank you all for listening. Your inbox questions are coming in. Kareem Tabs, you know the Dima, I think you know him. Kareem from my Florida yeah, thing. He says. <laughs> I like how he signed it anonymous, by the way. The email comes in with his name and he signs it anonymous. Fantastic. Thank you for listening. By the way, a plug for Kareem and a congratulations. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, hopefully we'll have him on the show sometime soon when the schedule allows. But he just recently, he and his team of directors and producers released an incredible movie, Mucho Mucho Amor, which is available on Netflix. Continue to, much continued success to you, Kareem, and all that you're doing. Love the film. Go to Netflix, folks, and, listen, and watch, it, watch it today. You know, Tina from Florida asked the following question. Nadine, have you, had any, have you made any art of famous horror characters? I have, actually. Um, the piece you were talking about earlier, yeah. uh, which is still available, I believe it's on my website now uh-huh. on, in the web store. If you go to my website and go to the web store, it is a very large banner of a multitude of different horror characters. I have the fly, uh, Ghostbusters, Dracula, uh, Nancy from the craft, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a bunch of different, Oh, the Crypt Keeper. I have, so I have, I need a, a basically a awesome. slew of different characters that I enjoy different horror characters, and I, and I put it on there. Wednesday Adams is on there as mm. well. Mm. So, yes, absolutely. And to be honest with you, I really enjoyed one of the last pieces I did was uh, was actually two ghosts, right? Where it was, uh, one was a cartoon, where they were both cartoon ghosts. One is from the, the show Mike Tyson Mystery, mm. the ghost. And then another one was just a, a regular oh, cartoon ghost. Cool. So I have been doing, and, and lately I have been pushing more for the, 
that spooky content because yeah. it has really been uh, selling to all the all those people that enjoy paranormal as much as I do. And I have to tell you, Tina, if you haven't done so already, go to www.artbynst.com to check out more of Nadine's incredible work. And if you find something that you may want created, mm-hmm. reach out, Absolutely. contact him, yeah. and, and, and chat about your interest, and it could be done. Belinda from North Carolina has a very interesting comment to us, Nadine. She says, she says the following, I swear my house is haunted. We are finding things moving, moving all over the place. Lights turn on and off at random. Um, we haven't seen any ghosts, just witnessed a whole lot of strange stuff happening to household stuff. My daughter claims there is someone at her bedroom door. She's 14 years old. Should I call? Should I call a paranormal investigator? I would think so. I mean, well, let me let me let me say this. There are certain things that can be written off to have a very normal and valid explanation. And I think that yeah. you would agree with that. And then other things, uh, there there can't be. You know, you you're talking about that feeling you get. Yeah. If somebody's living in a home and they're getting a creepy feeling within their own home then definitely I think it's the time that maybe if they feel something odd is going on to reach out to whoever they think can help, whether it's a paranormal right. investigator or whoever they think that is, but, um, or even set up some sort of recording equipment if you don't have so already to see if what is being moved or yeah. what do you see or because a lot of us, you know, we have security cameras and stuff outside the house, not so much inside the house. So maybe you may want to do that before going forward because that way you actually have something that you can show, hey, listen, there's something odd going on here. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so weird because even at home, my partner likes to look on his camera at night. He's like <laughs> looking on different things outside. I'm like, I don't know if I want to look. Because, I mean, because I might see something I don't want to see, right? right? But then that also feeds into my whole idea of what could be out there. I only can see what will eventually, you know, what I want to see, right? And I think um, Belinda has a very interesting, uh, well, Belinda, your question is a very interesting one. At the end of the day, you have to do what is best. And if you're, I know in Florida, there is a paranormal investigators group. There's one here in Fort Lauderdale, um, in South Florida. There are several groups. You may want to look out and do a Yelp or a Google search to see who's out there to see how that may work. And, of course, for those who have faith-based systems or, or interests, right, right. you may want to seek those options, too. And guess what? 911 works well, too. So 911 has been called for some um, situations or unexplained phenomena in the past at commercial places as well as residential, too. Craig from New York asked us the following question, and we all appreciate your love and your undying support here. Craig asks, how do you both plan to spend Halloween this year, the Mm. pandemic year? Any special plans for EF Radio? Mm. Well, number one, you know, if things continue as they are in Florida, we will be in quarantine. (laughs) Um, But... I think this is a great year for us to really reinvent or reimagine what celebrations are, not just for Halloween, but for Thanksgiving or New Year's, Christmas, or whatever else we celebrate. People are already doing virtual graduations and birthdays, right? right? And so for us, you know, I will say this, because Nadine knows this and some other listeners as well. I love the Halloween holiday. I usually have an on-ground event. I'm definitely going to be moving that virtually. But some of my fans have asked in the last couple of weeks in email if we would make a virtual version of this for us, so for fans. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what we can come up with, right? Yeah. But for, for now, definitely making sure that we're doing it with the most consideration for humanity, Absolutely. you know, in that regard. What about you, Nadine? Well, every year uh, I try to watch Hocus Pocus on Halloween. <laughs> I know it's a Disney movie, but I, I, I just... Like it's, a not, great movie. it's not a, it's, it doesn't have any kind <laughs> of creep factor at all. Right, it does. Enjoyable. It does. It. Um, I'm with you on that. We have to be safe and and being safe for humanity in general. And if that means that we have to celebrate virtually or um, on our own or whatever the case is, then I think that we need to do that and sacrifice for the greater good. Right. Having said that, if there are drive-through haunted houses, which we spoke about, there may be some drive-through haunted houses. I may partake in that, maybe not necessarily on Halloween, but I may partake in that. But I do think in general that, as you were saying, the holidays, um, there has to be some sacrifice as far as, okay, these are things I want to do. Of course, I'd love to go to a party with 100 people, but right now is not the best time for that. And you know what we could do, Nadim? I think folks who are listening, if you have any ideas, but we're going to put together on, on, on everydayfolksradio.com page a list of ideas, virtual celebration ideas for those of you who are into the spirit. Nadeem and I, are, we follow, we're members of several Facebook groups that are huge. We're yeah. talking to thousands of followers. 
and fan, on their and on their respective fan pages. So we're gonna we're we're learning as we're we're flying the ship as we as we build it too. Yeah. So I think there's more to learn, and if you have any ideas, share them with us. We'll be happy to share them or serve as a resource to others who may have those ideas as well. So Oliver Goldman has a question for you, and this is a Ollie. really good question. What do you recommend for suspicion of the dark? For example, going upstairs or leaving a dark room, being in a dark room, entering one. <laughs> and he just miss you always and excited to see you one, one day again. Oh, yes, yes, Oliver. I miss Oliver. Um, so you know this, but this is more – I always carry a mini flashlight with me. And that's just mainly yeah. if I drop my keys. Right, right, I have a little right. mini flashlight. I know now we have, uh, you know, lights on our phones or on our smart devices and stuff like that. But um, if you are uh, suspicious of the dark or uh, scared of the dark, I would say that um, the light is your friend, obviously, for, for those, you know, that, that have that concern of the dark. And it's a legitimate concern. But I would also think that perhaps maybe working towards that slowly but surely. So, for example... Um, you can turn on the light in the hallway that may illuminate a dark room, and perhaps you may want to yeah. go in there where you'll have sunlight until you can kind of work through it. Now, right. I'm talking right. about in your home in particular. I don't recommend going into any dark room in buildings <laughs> you don't know or anything like that. I definitely don't recommend that. But I think uh, slowly but surely, and listen, they sell mini flashlights that you could always keep in your pocket or your phone and turn on the light. Uh, the flashlight if you need uh, for as long as you need. I mean, but there are people, I mean, again, that goes back to having your senses limited, limited. And then, so your mind starts thinking that there's something more than what there is. Yeah. But it is, it is I mean, outside of your house, you go into a, a building. If there is a dark room, chances are you're not going to want to go in there because right. you don't know what's right. in there. Right. So it's a legitimate uh, concern. And also being Oliver, being, being cognizant of the things that influence the yeah. You know, if, if, if horror or watching such films or things are too much for you, you may want to scale back a bit and, and try to, you know, try to consider some other options. And so it, it's a very good question. I really appreciate yeah. it. And we are coming down to our last four minutes, and we're going to try to squeeze into the, the last question for, you, for us. And it's a great way to close our show. Delta from New Jersey, thank you for the love. Jersey has all sorts of scary stories. I haven't seen anything, but I hear it all the time. When Halloween comes, people get extra excited and sensitive about it here, here at home. Is it the same in Miami? Describe Halloween in Miami, Florida. Oh, wow. That is a good question. I know New Jersey has their, you know, New Jersey devil yeah, uh, yeah. legend or, or myth that, that they have the hockey team named after. Here in Miami, I mean, if you've ever been to Miami, you'll realize that it's a very, just like New York, New Jersey, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. Yeah. Halloween does look different for everybody here. It's not necessarily the same. Sure. We don't have a Miami reptilian legend, though. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> I'll say this. It's hot. It is hot. <laughs> it is not. We it's don't like living we, on the We have summer all four seasons, yeah. um, pretty much. But I would also say it's just as festive, you know, this time of year after the school starts, all of the, the fall the recreations are out, so we get nostalgic. We get very excited about spirit stores that happen yes. here in Miami yes. or walking through Party Studio, Walmart, or Target, whoever's selling something. And so we get as um, excited as well. But I would say here, because we are such a unique and very progressive um, geographic location, you're going to get so many varieties of celebrations. I think people are just as inclined to go out as they are to do private celebrations at home. I agree. You know, even for, you know, for you and us, we do stuff here at the house. Yeah. Folks do it in their condos. They're doing it in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. Now we're all doing it virtually. So there are so many options that people are doing. But I would say that in Miami, we don't have the disadvantages. We don't have the hayride. We don't. Like, you know, that, that we don't have those kind of options. And so as a result, we just make what we have and we do all kinds of things. We'll do scary movie showings. We have drive-throughs and drive-ins that are happening right now. Hopefully, we get one for Halloween here at Kareem. Hopefully, we get one for Halloween or something like that. These are just some things that we do just like everywhere else, so we make the best. Well, you know what else we do? We go to Orlando for horror night. <laughs> and so, folks, I have the first day to you, Nadine. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Pat. You are all amazing, and I'm so proud of all the work that you've accomplished, and you continue to do great things, my brother. And I, I am one of your biggest supporters. I and only wishing you the best. And hopefully everyone who's listened today 
if you haven't done so already, I want you to go on Instagram and, and type in N Tabsh, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, A as in Apple, B as in Boy, S as in H, C as in C as in um, Cat, and H as in Hat, <laughs> N Tabsh, and, and, and like his, um, become a friend of his on Instagram. And visit www.artbynst.com to visit the gallery of all the amazing work that Nadine is doing. Um, thank you for listening to Everyday Folks today. This show and there are other shows that are coming this week. I got a couple more live ones coming. One on Friday at one and maybe one on Saturday. Go to everydayfolksradio.com about that schedule. Until then, we thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, be positive, and let the frightening and frightening begin and continue. <laughs> Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus